Welcome back, everybody, to In The Loop. What is up, everybody? My name is Michael Burpo, and this is another episode of In The Loop. Today, we're talking about 404 not found, and that's sort of a tongue-in-cheek way of saying what to do when things aren't going perfectly well. And that's what happens sometimes with your online presence, sometimes with code, things don't work according to plan, and we're talking about how you can plan and how you can handle these issues and situations as best as possible. We talked with Brian Cockrum, CTO of Punchmark, as well as Sarah Weeks, Associate Creative Director at Punchmark, and we're talking about what you can do to capitalize on communication and handling these situations. This episode is brought to you by Punchmark, the jewelry industry's leading website provider. Join the community of nearly 500 other jewelry stores in choosing Punchmark's easy-to-run and e-commerce-enabled website platform by visiting punchmark.com for your free trial demo. And this episode is brought to you by The Smithy Group, a digital growth agency that helps leaders and businesses dream bigger and achieve multi-generational integrity. Through insights and intelligence, digital marketing, and advertising solutions, they help businesses expand their business and grow their revenue. The Smithy Group has helped hundreds of businesses surpass their goals and believe that whatever your business, whatever your story, that will make it matter to your audience. A very special thank you goes out to Podium for sponsoring this week's episode, and you'll hear more about them later on. Please enjoy. Thanks. In The Loop is going to be giving away a pair of Apple AirPod Pros, and you can be entered in to win these AirPods by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, following at The Smithy Group and Punchmark websites on Instagram, and DMing a screenshot of your review to The Smithy Group. You can learn more about this giveaway by going to punchmark.com slash loop dash giveaway, and these reviews really help us grow, so thank you very much in advance. Thanks, everybody. All right, everybody, we're back. So we're jumping into this. We got 404 not found. So that's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek way of saying when things don't go 100% right on your website, how can you control the messaging? And Brian, I think maybe we'll start with you. And sometimes not everything goes according to plan on websites when you're dealing with you know hundreds of thousands of lines of code. What are some kind of factors that we take into account with your website so that way if something happens on your website that they're not just served with a, a big white screen? Uh, good question. So one of the first things that we have is messaging on our side to catch when errors happen. So it's just a fact of when you do have hundreds of thousands of lines of code, I think we're up to about 800,000 lines of code, actual like manual written code, not just external libraries. Yikes. You know, things do go wrong, right? And uh, so one of the things that we have is messaging on our side where something does go wrong, we're alerted right away. So we put things in like, you know, this is supposed to happen, but God forbid it doesn't make sure somebody on the Punchmark team knows. So that's one of the things. And it does happen. You're dealing with servers that are imperfect, right? So we use uh, Amazon AWS servers, which, you know, Twitter, Netflix, everyone that's respectable seems to be using the same. And even with Amazon servers, things go wrong sometimes. So I'd say that's the first thing. And then second thing is just catching any error that is expected and having a way to handle it. So having some clean, what they call a graceful degradation. So having a clean way to handle when something doesn't go according to plan. And you have everything from database hiccups to people typing in something completely wacky in the search bar. You know, there's so many things that can happen. And a lot of times, believe it or not, it's our clients are just the people that run the website in general, not just for Punchmark, but for anywhere. 
uh, where they're inputting things on their side that have unexpected results because they don't know, right? They don't, they're not, uh, they don't have backgrounds in technology. And so they're entering characters that don't work. They're copy and pasting from Microsoft Word on a Mac, let's say, where the characters that are being copied are unexpected by the system. So we, we've seen probably everything. And so the best way to handle it is just to message on the unexpected errors and handle gracefully any of the possibilities they expected errors. I like that. I like that term gracefully, like, you know, handling graceful degradation. Yep. Graceful degradation. That's a great line. Um, because I mean, Sarah and I, we sometimes um, have to handle like, oh, what's going to happen if someone, yeah, tries to search for a term or they spell the word uh, sapphire wrong because everybody spells sapphire wrong. <laughs> How can you handle that? Or for a while, Sarah and I were designing um, 404 pages. Sarah, can you kind of just recap what like what a 404 page is? Um, so if you ever go to a site and maybe the link is broken or you search and it just doesn't exist, a lot of times it's a very boring, like 404 page not found, but a lot of sites are now doing little clever things where maybe you can play a little game or maybe there's like a picture of a dog and he's like, Oh no. (laughs) Um, and just doing little clever things like that, uh, definitely helps. One thing I really like is on if you've ever been using Google and your internet goes out, uh, one thing that's built right into Google Chrome is you have a uh, the dinosaur game. So if it goes out, you can press up arrow and it starts a little dinosaur game. You guys never played this? Wait, oh my gosh. It's a game? No way. I knew it was a that's dinosaur. Funny. Everybody needs to try <laughs> this. So it's like a little running game and you can press the up and down arrows and your dinosaur jumps and like it has to jump over like cactuses and like spikes and birds and stuff. And uh, you play and then when your internet comes back on, it usually, I think it ends the game or something like that. But Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that someone at Google was probably like, well, well, this is the line where people are most likely to be mad at us and leave us a bad review or whatever. We're going to entertain them with a with a little game or something. That's such a great idea. I guess the only flaw is we've never found the game. Yeah, so right. It's, it's I only a found little it too Reddit, subtle. Yeah. And I just got my internet <laughs> fixed after four months of like a complete hassle oh. where our internet company, I guess, couldn't deal with the pandemic and the overload and us having three people that are constantly on Zoom at home. We just got it fixed. So this is a perfect <laughs> time for me to find this out. I wish I knew like two weeks ago. That's amazing. I think it's really fascinating how there are those ways that they're trying to kind of do damage control. It's kind of like when um, when you're at a party and like something, you know, not great happens. Well, like someone just goes in and starts pouring drinks or they come around with food or something like that because they know that if you can occupy someone's, you know, hands or, you know, face, then you're going to be able to kind of control the damage a little bit better. One, I think that we started doing, and I don't know, did we ever implement this? We were talking about it, was the loading icon. We were looking at that. Did we ever do that? Yes. So we have it live on one of our sites now, just experimentally, where it's um, an engagement ring that spins around for loading. And um, we've had the capability for a long time, just no one spent the time to actually go look for these things. So we're going to roll one out for punch mark. And then once we do that, we'll roll one out for everyone else. And just so people know what that is, it's like when you click on something, there's like a little bit of a, a loading process. And, you know, I think we used to have it be just like a, it just said loading, at least on site manager. Loading. But now it's like a little kind of animation or something. That's like a spinning engagement ring. 
like you said about Google Chrome, when someone's internet goes out, it's the time they're most frustrated. It's like the time that you're most frustrated is when a web page is trying to load 10,000 items or whatever. Yeah. So that's the time to hit them with something creative. Brian, one thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, I think it's Facebook and they have whatever Facebook is coded in has a system where they load in like all the boxes and lines in like a very, they load in almost like a wireframe while the site is in the process of coming up. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, sure. So that's something called a firehose. Actually, Facebook, believe it or not, is built in the same language that we are. Oh, really? Which is PHP and sort of has been for a long time. Now they use a multitude of languages. But the idea is for page load speed, they will load the frame of the page. And then they have something called a firehose where every box on the page is connected to a different microservice, as it's called now. Hmm. So without getting too technical, you don't have a tendency to get geeky. Each one is a small service that on its own can survive. And so let's say something on the page breaks. If you have the typical what they call waterfall flow, where the whole page is just generating content and then loads, if anything breaks along the way, the rest of the page is broken. So in this case, because it's all boxes, let's say for whatever reason, their friend app, you know, the, the friend side of Facebook is having trouble. And so that one hiccup doesn't prevent the rest of the page from loading. And it also delivers content super fast. So because they're just serving a box, yeah. and actually coincidentally, version six is built that way, where uh, the page actually loads super fast. It's, it's not the same as Facebook where we load the structure and you can actually see the frame, but the actual HTML behind the page loads very, very fast. And then any of the dynamic content comes in after the fact with something called an asynchronous process. But yeah, that is pretty cool. I like the idea of, you know, the way I explain asynchronous loading to people is like, hey, when you load a page, you're probably not going to need the shopping cart in the first 10 seconds that you're on that page. Most likely the things that are more important is like, what does the image look like? What does the banner look like? You know, what does the text say? Because I mean, then you're going to pick the the product and you're going to add it to your shopping cart. But it definitely makes sense to have the shopping cart, which is a very heavy asset, at least what I've been told, to load in later as opposed to, you know, at the same time or first or anything like that, because you don't need it. Yes. With the exception being uh, February 14th, when the guy realizes that he forgot to get an engagement ring, uh, when, he That's got to right. get, when he forgot to get a Valentine's Day gift, and he needs to click that cart button as fast as possible. That's right. No, that's a good point, though. Sarah, um, so we talk about some things that people are going to need um, with their website and just kind of like best practices. And we've already kind of touched upon user experience in the past, but what are some things that you work on as our associate creative director when it comes to like for instance the header or home pages that you always try to include at least in the in the header itself um well definitely um your logo (laughs) usually the middle or the left people are used to that um and then anything they need Utility-wise, like your login, your cart, your wish list, people are used to that being in the upper right. So it's kind of a balance between do you want to be super innovative and creative and try a different layout, or do you just want to kind of stick to people's habits and they know that's going to be there? And then probably not your entire address and hours and all of that in the header. Yeah. If you want to have your phone number, that's fine. Um, If you want to have a contact link that goes to that page that has all that information, because you just don't want it to be too busy up in the header. Um, But yeah. I feel like it's, there's a couple things that like people have um, almost subconsciously or just 
move towards. One of which I I don't love when people include a home link in their navigation as like um at like the word that says home and it just brings you back to the homepage. Because nowadays, at least on all Punchmark websites and pretty much every shopping site I've ever been to, if you click the logo, it brings you back to the homepage. And that's true for I mean, it's got to be like 99.5% of all websites. Another one of those is also your store hours and address always found in your footer. And your footer is a global element, so it's going to be on every single page. If I am trying to go to, for example, like a restaurant, and I want to know, like, are they open on a Monday or something like that, I scroll down to the bottom every single time because I know that's where I'm going to find it. Can you guys think of any other sort of... Not unspoken rules, but like commonly understood aspects like that. Search bar in the header. Ah, search bar. That's a good one. I could do the opposite. Like do not have video or sound or music playing because that'll make me immediately leave your website. (laughs) Yeah. Anything that's like those hard reasons for bounce, it's... I feel like, you know what, if you don't believe us, why don't you just do it? And then you'll see that your bounce rate will skyrocket and your time on page is going to tank. And then you'll be like, ah, they were telling the truth. So it's like a lot of these things, it's not that we're just saying it because that's what we prefer. It's like, trust me, it'll happen if you do it. So <laughs> We still get requests from time to time for, for music playing and, and videos with, uh, with sound. Yep. We always get, um, it seems like everybody wants their hours, they want their address in the header. And I feel like someone must have given a presentation at a jewelry show probably five years ago, 10 years ago, and was like, you need to have that. And everybody just still remembers it and still asks us for it. And I'm trying my best to keep as many unnecessary or fluff out of the header of the website, because that header is, again, is a global element, just like with your footer, your header is going to appear on every single page of your site. And it needs to be clean, it needs to be, you know, dynamic and functioning as quickly as possible. Another interesting thing, I feel like it's really important for your entire site to be self-service so you don't have to call. Like the other day I was trying to order custom t-shirts and it was like, well, if you want like the logo to go down the sleeve, call this number. And then I was like, eh, and went to another site. So I feel like with our age, everything should be able to be done through the website, like total self-service and not have to call, which is very opposite of what, what it used to be. Like my parents love if there's a number and they can like talk to a real person. Yeah. Some people just prefer that, but I guess you can almost have like a happy medium. And this ties right into our sponsor of the day with Podium with these uh, web chat clients that are on there. Some people, I mean, my parents also the same way, love having the opportunity to know that there's a human on the other side. They just feel a little bit more comfortable and they feel like the chance of them getting scammed is much lower, especially with jewelry being a much higher price point. I feel like having these web chat services be linked up to someone where you can get a quick response. You can ask them questions like, hey, um, you know, I'm trying to find a Takori, you know, something or other, uh, but I see that you're missing this size. Do you guys have that? Be like, hey, I can go check. And then they have that sense. And then you can maybe spin them into some type of other sale instead of it just being a hard stop. Guys, I think we're going to come back in just 30 seconds and Podium will tell you a little bit more about what they offer. Our clients know that it doesn't matter how great your website is if people can't find it. Podium helps you get found and chosen by making it easy to get reviews from your happiest customers just by sending a simple review request through text. 
In fact, with Podium, every step of your customer journey is powered by text messaging, so you can talk to your customers on the channels they prefer. Start the conversation on your website with Podium Web Chat. Set appointments, answer questions, and close deals all in the same thread. When it's time to pay, just send a request over text so your customers can pay in seconds. And now that you've got a happy customer, send them a review invite over text too so you can rise up the local rankings and start the cycle all over again. With all this, plus powerful integrations and features in one consolidated inbox, Podium is your tool for customer communication. Send a text, get more done. Punchmark clients will receive 25% off when they sign up for Podium. Learn more at podium.com slash punchmark. Thanks. Back to the show. All right, everybody. We're back. So we were just talking about web chats. Can you guys think of any websites that you guys have interacted with a web chat client on? I have a couple, but... I just did it on Podium itself. I don't know if that one counts. Oh, really? But uh, they're great with their customer service on the chat. And obviously, I guess they have to be, right? Because they're pushing the chat. But I had a question about my account. And um, it's funny, uh, when we were first setting up Podium accounts, I was one of the administrators on a lot of our jewelry stores. And, uh, and so I needed to turn off certain notifications because I was being bombarded and I needed to sort of do it in mass. So I reached out to them and asked them to do it and they were great about it. But um, like I said, I don't know if that one counts because it's not a retail site, but it added to the experience because they were so they were great about it. They were really, really helpful. I use uh, I've used HubSpot's chat service. And that's how I, whenever I do anything that's kind of like atypical with using HubSpot. So anything to do with, you know, the live stream series or automation workflows. So anything that's kind of a little bit more technical, I always get on there and they say like, Hey, the next person that's going to be available is in nine minutes. Uh, you can sit in this chat room or we'll open it up for you when, when someone becomes available. And I'm like, that is the kind of stuff, those little tasteful touches that imagine again on the flip, like what Sarah said, if we do the opposite and we just say, okay, you have to sit on a holding line and you have to listen to this really crappy song of, you know, really distorted violins playing as you hold the phone up to your head for 16 minutes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going to be frustrated and my, the chance that they're going to be able to smooth over what my situation is, it's probably going to be less because I'm going to be more frustrated. Those are the kinds of things that I hope that kind of people are taking into account when they start building up their website. Yeah, absolutely. Have you run into any situations lately where you go to ask the chat and it's like chat with us and then it's an automated bot and the only thing that they know how to answer is like sales questions? Yeah. And meanwhile, you have a customer support question and it's like, would you like this in red or blue? And you have a choice between red or blue and you can't actually ask your question. Yeah. It's really frustrating. One thing I notice it with is um, on Facebook, if I go to message a business, a lot of times they have those kind of surface questions ready to go. But I think that people, the chat service you know, industry must be getting better because they must know that that's like a hard stop for me and I you know, will be getting frustrated. But I noticed it with, um, with the DMV. I had to renew like a license plate or something like that. And the process was really great when you stuck to the rails. But the second you try to ask for anything else, they don't let you do that. They don't want that going. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. So another one that I wanted to bring up is communication. So I recently bought a pair of Air Force Ones. What's up? <laughs> and they're uh, a really nice kind of shoe from Nike. <laughs> These guys are great. <laughs> I'm laughing about it. <laughs> I bought them off Nike and they're 
email series was just absolutely incredible. I think it took five days for it to get delivered, and I got an email on every single one of those days. Have you guys heard about any businesses or have you interacted with anybody that does a lot of great communication, whether it's by email or something else? I know one, sort of ashamed to say this because I just moved back from Italy, but um, Domino's Pizza. (laughs) So if you've ordered a pizza and uh, they literally tell you like, Kimmy is making the pizza right now. And then Kimmy just put the pizza in the oven. And now Kimmy is putting the pizza in the box and John is taking it to the car. Nice. And like you can actually follow the progress bar. I think that's so smart. You know, if there's any way to do that for fulfilling other products outside of like the instantaneous, you know, delivery products. I think that would be, I really like that idea. Even with, uh, with your Air Force Ones, I think that's so cool that they did that. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? Yeah. There's a couple, um, like Etsy is usually really good at that. Like, oh, they completed your, uh, handmade like product and then it's shipping. It's on its way. Madewell is another good one. Even when they mess up. What do they make? Uh, like jeans and clothes. They just have really good denim. <laughs> um, even when they mess up and I ordered jeans and they're like, oh, it's actually out of stock. They refunded me and then mm. like gave me a coupon. Um, so that was really good. Yeah, that communication, it's just like the extra ligament that really ties a lot of the stuff together. And also, I mean, what you said with the pizza, I mean, that's an example of the the process of ordering pizza is the exact same for every pizza shop, most likely. But what allows you to remember, I mean, you just said Domino's and like what allows Domino's to be unique and possibly get you as a repeat customers is this over communicating. And it's like, do you really care if like the pizza just went in the oven and went into the box? It's like, I mean, not really, but you like knowing that your orders in the process. And I think those are the kind of things that allow you to get a repeat customer and over communicating and over kind of letting them know with all the uh, the hugs and kisses that, that you care about their business. And in this world of e-commerce where everybody's fighting for, for clicks and time on page and all that stuff, I think that goes like a little, a little bit farther. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like the feeling that progress is being made, even though, you know, you can be waiting or you can be waiting with some idea that progress is being made. I think they really captured that well. I think that can be done in so many different ways that where it's not. Yeah. So I guess maybe we'll wrap this up in a little bit. Um, one thing I want to do is I like leaving people with like a little bit of actionable advice and a little bit of information that they can take and start bettering their own kind of online presences or their business or anything like that. What are some easy things that people can do to better, whether it's their communication or better the um, or mitigating like the amount of angry folks that are going to be involved with them? What are some things that you would recommend to our listeners? I would say the first one is stay cool. Uh, You know, in the last five years, people have really learned, or at least our retailers have really learned how to handle things on the website, how to do the normal day-to-day actions. But, you know, every once in a while, something goes wrong. Like we talked about where they entered a, uh, you know, an invalid character in one of their items, and now that item won't show up or whatever it is. And people panic because it's still new to them, right? The process was new to them in the beginning. And now it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And it's like, you know, I might have an angry customer on the other end. And it's like if you just stay cool and just and handle it, you know, you can go back to basics, right? Before there were computers and before there was internet, how did you handle things like this? How did you handle when it was a busy Saturday and someone called out sick, right? There's so many things that we're used to handling that when we know how to handle them, we don't get frustrated. We keep our cool and we just manage. 
And it's sort of the same thing where uh, we've seen places where, you know, let's say a website goes down at 2 a.m. or something happens and there's a, a customer saying, hey, I can't check out what's going on or I want to I want to do this and I can't. If you maintain your cool, if you just chat it up with them via chat or email or whatever it is, be as helpful as you can. Make sure that you let them know how important the experience is to them and apologize for the fact that everything didn't go perfectly. And then maybe give them a coupon or something like that. Now they have a reason to come back after they made that purchase, right? So now you're actually turning it into a win. But really, you, you have to just maintain your cool. You have to know that things are going to go wrong sometimes. And like I was just logging into Bank of America the other day and I literally like their login was broken, like I couldn't log in. Right. And so there are times where, you know, you think about a small jewelry website, think about how many millions of people are trying to log into Bank of America. These things do happen. And so maintaining your cool and not feeling like the customer is going to be super angry and just dealing with like as a personal issue, you just deal with it with the client, make sure that they're happy at the end. So I would just say maintaining your cool is a big one. Sarah? Um, I would definitely piggyback on that. Um, just communication is so important. Say like your spouse or partner goes out for errands all day, but if they keep checking in like, oh, sorry, I need to get gas or hold on, I need to do this. And they're out the whole day, you'd be fine with it. But then if they say nothing the entire day and you're like, what is going on? I have no idea. Then you might be more worked up. So even if it is not going the way the client wants it to, as long as you're keeping them informed um, and have good communication. I think that's really good. Hopefully my metaphor made sense. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. No, I think it does. Again, it's that communication. It's that that human touch. Um, I think that Ben Smithy always says the the human brand. I always say people like people and people like brands or companies that act like people. So I think you know, keeping that in the mind that there is someone on the other end of the phone, you know, they need to keep that in mind on the way back. But what you can control is that it is someone on the other side that they want an excuse to buy with you. So I think you just need to, you know, control the issue, control the distance, and then you guys can um, kind of you know, go from there. And even if you don't end up with the sale, at least the opportunity for the return or you'll learn from it at the same time, I think that's all you can take from it. But guys, I think that we covered a lot of information. This is kind of a slightly different one. We didn't, um, we kind of jumped into an issue that without even knowing what the issue is going to be. So I hope that you all got something. Again, I really thank Brian Cockrum and Sarah Weeks for joining me. And my name is Michael Burpo. Check out Podium, our sponsor for today's episode, and really thank them. Again, honestly, you should just have a, a Podium chat. I think that makes sense anyways. I mean, that kind of ties into exactly what we were talking about. And uh, if you do, go to podium.com slash punchmark, and we will you know, pay the bills. Appreciate it, everybody, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and remember to subscribe. It really helps us grow. Thank you so much. See you next week.